Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey V. Hi Cole, how are you? Good. We just had a really great time yeah. talking to our guest today. Very charming. Yeah, Paul Very Edelstein talented, yeah. Is, um, well, he's on a lot of stuff. You would recognize him uh, if you've watched the television. If you've watched anything Shonda has made. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's in things like Scandal, Private Great Practice, Practice, Grey's Anatomy, Prison Break, Girl's Guide to Divorce. Yeah, he's currently on Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, um, but he's so great, and he was wonderful to talk to. Yeah, so uh, really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Yeah. A tiny bit of housekeeping, and then uh, we'll get to it. If you like the podcast, and I feel like a broken record, because we pretty much set it up every time, uh, go to iTunes, leave us a review. This is where it always changes, whatever I say in response to that. I just say, usually it goes like this. It's easy. You just go on iTunes and leave us a review. But uh, the hard part is you have to click the fifth star. Otherwise, the reviews don't take. So just click five stars. And then um, they're tearing down everything negative right now. And you can get your iTunes account suspended. So you have to write something really nice. Oh, yeah. All right. That works. (laughs) That's a ticket. Yeah. Uh, You can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We'll read them all. We'll write you back. And we may even start like reading some of these nice notes we're getting on the air. Oh, yeah. We were thinking about a mailbag feature. Yeah, something. If you have any questions or a question you'd like us to answer on the air, like a debate for Cole and I to have, send it in and we'll uh, talk it out on the air. Yeah. And I I know that one of the staples of the show is uh, Vanessa's questions segment at the end. If there's anything you'd like to, uh, you oh yeah, know, pitch uh, me pitch questions to that. We're, we're happy to you know say hey, so and so suggest this, and uh, yeah. And I'd actually love it because Mama's <laughs> lazy. There you go. <laughs> uh, we're also primarily listener supported. We occasionally have sponsors, but you haven't heard those in a while because no we one loves us. We haven't had them in a while, <laughs> but you might love us. And if you do, go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, and there's a little donate button, and you can give any amount you wish. Yep, you can also find us at nerdist.com. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we are part of that family. You know what we should do? We should start doing that now entering Nerdist thing at the top of our show. I feel oh. like all the other shows do it. We haven't done it. We, we were late joiners. We were about 60 episodes <laughs> in when we came over. But, but it's uh, been about 118 episodes so since, since then. So. I feel like we're pretty ingrained <laughs> yeah. over at Nerdist. And speaking of Nerdist, um, it's not official yet, but it's looking very possible that we will be doing something at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, with the Nerdist folks. So uh, I think it'll probably be a live podcast somewhere, uh, if not that, uh, some panels or whatever. But I think it's looking like that's going to happen. So if yeah. you're going to San Diego and Comic-Con... Start thinking of us. Yeah, and we'd love to meet you guys and say hello and stuff. Let's go for some drinks, you guys. Yeah, let's grab a drink. Let's grab a brewski. Um, I'll say briefly that I've started a business that I love, and if any of you listeners have kids, uh, you should look into it. It's called The Curated Tea, and you can go to our website, which is thecuratedtea.com. That's like T-E-E. Yeah, T-E-E. It's like not, T-shirts. It's not like Darjeeling. No, no, no. It's a tea website. Right. Uh, no, it's T-shirts. Uh, and we're also on Instagram, The Curated Tea. But the idea is it's a subscription T-shirt company for kids, a aged one to six and we have a different shirt every month designed by a different artist in a different medium and they're all gender neutral um, but there's r- really beautiful art on these shirts they're really inexpensive and every shirt comes with these downloads that are extension activities for you to do with your kid to introduce them to art at an early age and um, it's all really lovely and I love it and I would love to hear any of your thoughts on it so check us out and if it seems right for you uh, think about subscribing it's really cool 
Right, and I'm working on the curated tea, T-E-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's, a, it's a tea website. It's a tea website. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be really great, you guys. Yeah, I'm really excited for Cole. He needs this. <laughs> he really, really needs this. I'm like, right now I'm just trying to figure out what's more cost-effective, bags or loose leaf. But I'm not sure. I also don't know who this guy is. What is this boy? I think that's exactly who he is. He's the tea man. That's, that's right. The wishy-washy tea man is my worst nightmare. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy really now. You know, you know some, some of these are caffeinated. Some of these are not. I am so. buzzed from a matcha I had yesterday. You. Uh, you know, just having to sample all these flavors is really yummy going. He's sweating so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We apologize for everything you just listened to. Yes, but uh, we don't apologize for what you're about to listen to. That's it's right. Great. It's a very fun episode. We think you guys will have a good time listening to it. Uh, come on over to popmyculturepodcast.com. Leave some comments uh, on the episode itself, too. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah, we'd love to interact. All right, here we go. Paul? Hello? That's a terrible Paul impression. <laughs> uh, our guest today, well, he's a great actor, and he's a very funny guy as well. He recently sat in with our Pretty Pretty Pony show at Westside Comedy Theater. You know him from things like Scandal, Private Practice, Prison Break, and Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. Paul Edelstein is here. Hey, Paul, how Hello. are you? Hello. Happy. Happy to be here. Is it a hard A like that? It is. Oh, good job. Well pronounced. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. You're a lot of Adelston. I know. I watched another like interview with you, and they called you Adelstein. Edelston or yeah. Adelstein. And you know like, how I, you know how I remember it? Adel's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I remember it as Adelstein. Yeah. Still, people do that, and then still don't remember it. That's how I remembered it. I did uh, Ron and Beverly, and they, and they were like, "How do we remember it?" And then Jamie Denbo was like, "Adel's fine." I was like, "Oh well, I can't believe I'm 46 and never." <laughs> oh, that. that's so good. I thought when you said it, it must have happened to you as a child. I mean, not you know what I mean. The nickname, I'm, not the anything. I'm, okay, I'm, moving on. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got that out of the way. Thank God. Did you Thank have God. any bad nicknames as a kid? Not really. I, I there's Stratton, you know what I think like, is worse. Strap on than, is what you could do to your name. Yeah, some people say that, but it's such a stretch. I it's think a stretch. I think it's worse when you don't have nicknames at all. Like it's almost like you want like call me something. Yeah. And a palsy was. Palsy. Ooh. What about you? What did you have? Nothing good. It was kind of a similar situation. Like Ragland name? is my last Ragland. name. Ragland. That's... And it was like Ragland. Like that's right. not even a nickname. That's just like you say my name in a weird way. Because rags. Yeah. I would get like mole because I was small, I guess. Oh, and, and molish. I'm like, I don't live under the ground and I can see just fine. Because <laughs> right. it rhymes with coal? Yeah, I guess. And uh, that's pretty weird. I mean, Janet, 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 Varnett, Varney, that's what she's always called me. So that's I'm, cute. and I'm in her phone as Cold Salad, and she's in my phone as Junior Varsity. Like that's mm. the one thing we did. But it's not like a real nickname. No. Really call her something. No. But because my name's short, like you don't really need a nickname for Cole. People have time to say, you know, "Hey, Cole. 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 what's up?" <laughs> well, God, we got all that out of the way. Yeah, yeah it was good. God. It was good. We got some good name talk. Hot topics. Well, let's start with. Uh, you're a bit of a sports guy, right? I am. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. Well, no, this Psych? is this is minor. This, this is more on the social media side of sports. Oh, yeah, this uh, is good. the uh, Twitter uh, person for the Houston Rockets just got fired for a tweet that happened a couple of days ago in the playoffs, where he tweeted a couple emojis. One is of a horse, and the other was a gun next to it, and it said, "Shh, it'll all be over soon," because they're beating the Mavericks. Shoot! Like they're gonna shoot, shoot the, the horse. horse. And people got really upset about it, and so they fired him. Because of horse violence? I guess because of two emojis that it inferred horse violence. This is a Texas problem. This I, sounds like a Texas... This is the, the Rockets and the Mavs? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a Texas... Wait, oh, this sounds like Rockets, a Texas problem. a Texas team? They're, they're both Texas. Yeah, oh, they're both. Dallas and Houston. Well, don't they like guns, though? But they don't like shooting horses. That's no. right. That's right. No. If it was a, a real if they'd just done button. the skull mm-hmm. and the and gun... The horse. 
I would have. No, the skull and the gun. I think it probably would have been okay. That's but true. But there would be no pun about a maverick. Right. But so it would have been like, we're that? killing them by shooting yeah. them through the head. <laughs> I'm fine with that. That would have been fine. That's all right. Maybe if it had been like a horse and like, I don't know, a cocktail or something. Or, right. I know a horse like being put out to pasture. Like just a I horse and then some grass. They really grass. fire. That seems they extreme. Really, they he must have had, a, have had some like behind the scenes office conduct issues. So. People <laughs> are so like, especially when you represent a brand, they would rather fire you than fire you than like. It's not like they can't replace somebody to do their Twitter feed. Yeah, it's not like somebody high up the ladder or whatever. They probably were just like, eh, f this guy, even though he supposedly does a great job and is very colorful and really engages people, which is tough to do when you're representing a basketball team or whatever. But yeah, it just, I think it's, it's the bizarre. animal cruelty aspect. I really do. Yeah. I think if it was yeah. a human, if they were like, if it was a picture of Dirt Nowitzki in a gun, well, maybe that wouldn't have gone over so I well. Really, but any you know, specific person, not good. Uh, general human, like, uh, right? I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised by that. Yeah, I was shocked too. And some people like went to his like side and started tweeting like "Bring him back" and like made shirts that said like. You know, rehire him or whatever. Bring they back, shoot horses, bring back, don't they? Bring back nameless Twitter guy we right. don't know. Yeah, that mm-hmm. we suddenly have an emotional attachment to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the guy who actually tweeted it from his own account tweeted, like, I think I'm the first person in history to be fired for an emoji tweet. Mm. So I think he was a little But I feel like it. he won't be the last. No, definitely this not This is the a, last. New, a new realm we're going into. I've sent my, not publicly, thankfully, but I've, you can use emojis for quite bad. offensive yeah. reasons. Yeah. yeah, You can string them together. and Oh, yeah. You saw all sorts of horrible shit. You can infer all sorts of things. We're allowed to swear, right? There's no FCC. No, you can say F-U-C, okay? Fuck. Yeah. You can say yeah. that. Yep. Great. Fuck but, you, fuck, fuck, fuck. But you don't have to. Okay. It's- Sorry. <laughs> I, think I would just be happy that people are following your Twitter feed. I mean... I'm very happy, see. and I'm trying not to... I don't... I don't swear at them with emojis or anything. No, because you're a good man. You're an honest Texan. Right. <laughs> I only shoot horses in the head. <laughs> you certainly don't emoji about it afterwards. No, no. God, that's just disrespectful. That's classy. <laughs> well, that happened. So sorry, Houston Rockets. The, the guy's name is out there. I was just lazy and didn't write it down. That's fine. So. Uh, question I'm embarrassed to ask. What sport is this? Basketball. 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 Okay. NBA Very cool. The basketball. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Big sports fan. Yeah. You should, when people start talking sports, you should be like, sorry, I don't know I, what a basketball. Yeah. Like people do with TV. If you start, I, uh, I don't know what a television. You know that whole that's thing? That's my favorite. Yeah, that's I the best. I get that all the time. That's the best. Do you get that all the time? All the time. Which like people, what happens? People are like, "Oh, he's an actor." I don't watch. Yes, TV. and it's really con. It's it's pa- totally patronizing. Yeah. yeah, and it's okay when somebody starts it by saying, "I do this." What do you do? Or whatever. Right. And you say, "Oh, I'm an actor," and I, and I say, "I don't have a television." You say, well, "You're lying," but okay. Yeah, and it's okay you that you don't on watch. Your computer screen, the, it's fine. Whatever. But the worst is when somebody says, "I, how do I know you?" And he's, did we did we meet at the thing or did we go to high school? No, no, no. How? What would it be? I'm an actor. It's not that I don't watch. I don't watch. On oh. TV, you're like, well, okay, but I, I think don't it know is you. that also. So right. I don't have television. I don't, I've never picked up an Entertainment Weekly. I've never right. looked at a magazine. Yeah. I, when I'm in a bar. I have no short term memory. So. Right. There's things on the screens of the bars. I won't look at them. Um, if there's television anywhere near, I could feel it. It hurts. I don't look. Horrible. 
Not horrible. Horrible might be the wrong word. Horrible is fine. I'm not a fan of that because they look like it, most of those people that say that, it's like a badge of honor for them. They're like, I'm so much better than you right. because I don't own a television. I do important right. things like blah, 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 whatever. Like read books. Right. <laughs> blah. Blah, blah. And it doesn't work the other way. I can't be like, I don't own a book. That, right. doesn't, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't look good on anybody. I'm a writer. I can't read. No, I can't no, read. no. I don't read. I don't read. <laughs> a doctor. I don't. I don't get medical medicine. attention. I'm Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> oh well, we gotta go by. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, it's <laughs> not that. No, it's something. How do I know you? I'm a brain surgeon. No, I don't have one of those. I, don't um, know. I mean, I did have brain surgery last fall, but it wasn't. But it I don't wasn't, think it was you. I don't think you did that. I was that. a man with a fuzzy head. In fairness, they did put me out. I can't really vouch for who was there. There's light, and you don't look like that light. Some brain surgeries they don't put you out, right? Mm-hmm. They like scratch your face again, and you're like, ugh. That's a really horrible thought. I don't think there's, you don't have uh, pain in there, though. Yeah, I but how, how, like, to just be conscious through that bummer. would be a real bummer. Because like a couple weeks ago, I went in for an endoscopy because I've been having some digestive issues. Upper? I can't figure out. Yeah, Wait, like, does that mean through your butt? Upper. No, upper. It means they go through your, like, they put I a, had one of those. It's brutal. put, like, a camera in it, like, down your throat. Oh, no, no, no. But they just put me out. So, like, basically, like, the prep is scary because, you know, it's like, it's fully like you're getting ready for surgery or right. whatever. And they put, like, they put, like, this mouth guard in with a big hole in it. And then they... They snake it through. Yeah, they snake it through, theoretically. <sighs> but like, they, you know, they just turn me on my side, and then they're like, okay, we're going to put in the anesthesia now, and then you know, f- 10 seconds later, you're out, and then you just wake up, and you're in the recovery room, and I have no memory of anything happening, which, which is the only way to do surgery, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way to do a lot of things. Yeah. It's the gentleman's way. <laughs> I don't like losing time, but in that particular scenario, I'm totally good with it. When I had my upper endoscopy, it was, I was what they called twilight, and I remember gagging and stuff, and so I remember the. That's what they bad used to parts. call it when they would put women under for labor. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's just like basically it, gas. It's like half an anesthesia. Yeah. And I, I was kind of just please crank it up one more notch. I don't want to be awake Ugh. for this. Well, I've always had like a really strong gag reflex my whole life. I couldn't swallow pills. Like I figured that out in the last like ten years or so. Before that, we're not I going on a do it. it. <laughs> hey, so like that that whole idea to me is like oh I w- if I was awake for that I would be so uncomfortable and I would freak out. I'd probably freak out. It's so panic inducing to have something shoved down your throat. Yeah, it just doesn't seem natural to me. What uh, what's going on with your stomach? It's just been weird. Like I've had some pain and I have a hard time digesting things. You have an upper. What they find out? G- g- well, it's still a big mystery. What's going on with me in general? Like they, there were, on, there was Drew. evidence of like acid reflux, like scarring yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised by that. But yeah, we're still trying to figure out what's did they suggest it was your gallbladder and then it wasn't they suggested a lot of different things did you that i'm guessing they suggested it with me that wasn't it wasn't and they suggested it was some um did they take your gallbladder this bacteria and they put me on this heavy dose of antibiotics and no the mystery cleared itself up it was anxiety really oh man that can do a number on the whole yeah i have a feeling that's a major contributor to yeah it was anxiety and then uh, you know i hunted at it for year and a half and then one day my father was like you know when I was right around your age when I started having anxiety I was like, <laughs> thank you father thanks for <laughs> letting me know thanks for letting me know that one yeah I've definitely I've been having anxiety issues in the last like year anyways too it'll, so I think it all it. it all ties in no I had a, a thing with my thyroid but I didn't know Ooh. it was my thyroid I was having all these health issues and yeah. it was a similar like they thought it could be a brain tumor like the crazy ways Oof. that that stuff affects you you can't pinpoint what it is usually it takes a long time that was particularly bad yeah and then i finally got figured out and i told my mom who knew i'd been like for over a year going to all these different doctors and she's like oh well you know your granny had that huge I mean, tumor on her thyroid I like mean, oh no didn't know didn't know 
<laughs> they always like ask you when you're there, like, do you have a family history with whatever? And I was like, I don't know. We don't really talk about it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, there's certain things I know, but they're we're right, a I good know. East Coast family. Oh, we're, no, we're, we're, no, we're repressed. Yeah. <laughs> where are you? Where are you from, Cole? Uh, Midwest originally, Michigan. Oh, Chicago. And you're from the South. Yeah. Where? Uh, Tennessee and Virginia. Both. Yeah. Well, my family's all from Tennessee, and I grew up half there, and then I went to like high school and college in Virginia. Gotcha. And now I'm in this freewheeling hippie dippy. Who knows California. what's going on out yeah, here? That's right. You guys were in Avocado City. Yes, we are. <laughs> avocado capital of the world. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, let's move. Let's move. Yeah, on. we've got to. Um, so they've announced that they're doing an Independence Day two. They're making a sequel because we've all asked for it. Right. Um, for it. And the, ma- the majority of the cast, Will Smith is not returning, but the majority of the cast is like Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch and Bill Pullman and stuff. However, Mae Whitman, who played the president's daughter in the original when she was seven years old, is being recast. As Micah Monroe, who was in that It Follows movie that was right. just out, whatever, who's very pretty uh, right. and a decent actress, but like May is great. And has a career. And, and has, has a, a career. career and is a, one of the rare people that actually transitioned beautifully from child actor to adult actor. And like she can do everything. She just carried a movie. She was amazing on Parenthood. Like her voiceover work is. I mean, she's. I, I was so sad when I read that. My question is, is this, is it, because I, I was reading about it today, is it been confirmed that she has been replaced, that she wasn't She was never, she was offered. never offered the role. She wasn't she even, was never even negotiation. No. Never even negotiation. That's wasn't confirmed. Even on the shortlist, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Because one, like, she's a great actress. Two, she just opened the duff, did yeah. fairly well in its, in its release, so she can carry a movie. She's known on television, too, and Arrested Development, like, all yeah. the different platforms she's on. So she's arguably way more bankable than Micah Monroe is. So just even from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make sense. Well, and from a financial standpoint, they want somebody they can put in a bikini on the yeah, poster. Yeah, exactly. And like, but they Liam, could probably found some other character to put in a bikini yeah. on the poster, like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> She's going to be opposite Liam Hensworth, who's like going to be coming in to be kind of the hunky alien fighter in this one too. So maybe they just didn't think that would have paired. But you know what? Like, fuck you, Hollywood. Like, it yeah. was May. Like, yeah. she was that part. I like, agree. It's offensive. Like, it is. Her- it's just sad to not even like when I heard that she wasn't even considered or seen for it. It's like, come on. And also, May's beautiful. Yeah, I, and she I, is beautiful. I think yeah. she's a very stunning. woman. Woman. I yeah. don't understand. She's not maybe like conventional, like you know, poster Maxim model. But like, I, who cares about that? Yeah. Well, Sony, whoever it is, cares about they, it, they and care. they and they're proje- you know that the vicious cycle is even if they think she's beautiful, they're projecting that America's not going to think she's beautiful, which causes right. America to not see that, which yeah. causes them to not and uh, here's where see May as beautiful, too, which she is like. The flip of that is like Twilight's made a bajillion trillion dollars, right? And that's Kristen Stewart, who was like a brooding, slouchy, like, yeah, yeah. So like, why not just write the character to make sense for May and make it interesting? Mm-hmm. And like, why not? Why would why why can't we believe that she and Liam Hemsworth would? Could be I thing? can believe it. If you guys, I don't feel like you watch Parenthood, but she and Ryan were hot. That's hot, right. Hot. Yeah, I know. I know the characters yeah. though, and right. In fairness, it might be Chris Hemsworth. I'm not sure which Hemsworth. Well, either is. one. I mean, one they paired her really with it's a very similar one. like. <laughs> there is a third man. one. Is there a third? Hemsworth? There is a third one. Hemi Hemsworth. But he's not that successful, right? Yet. I'm sure they're all. I'm sure, they're be. priming him in the lab right yeah, now. He's getting like final touches. They're removing his lower ribs. Um, that's it's unfortunate. It's it's. A, I'm trying to think of another case where that happened, but it's just it's so bald faced and and craven. Yeah, usually you can blame it on a lot more things, like that the person doesn't get the opportunity in the first place and how messed up it is. But when it's like, ooh, it was really primed, 
to make sense. And she's working. It's yeah. not like she yeah. hasn't been an actor. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's screwed that's up. what makes no sense to me whatsoever. Or has anything other than a stellar reputation too. Like everyone's worked with her and every time her name comes up, people are like, Oh, she's the best. She's <laughs> one of the nicest. I used to be fairly good friends with her about a decade ago for a little while. And like, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. She's super great and funny and mm-hmm. wonderful. And you know, it just kills me that I, that's really frustrating. They wouldn't hire her for that. So, well, that is Roland, is Roland Emmerich culture. directing it? That I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. I would assume as much, but yeah. No Will Smith, huh? Yeah, no Will Smith. Interesting. I wonder. If, oh no, who's it going to be? Uh, well, oh, the Hemsworth? Hemsworth. But that's weird to me that I was gonna say, Will Smith be wouldn't do it because if anybody needs a bit of a resurgence, it's Will Smith right now yeah. because after Earth tanked hard. And really damaged his reputation in a sense, and he was already kind of on the downswing, anyways. And then Focus, no one really saw it. Did okay, but like he could use something that's a proven blockbuster, and also to go back to what we loved about him. Although MIB three kind of went, boop. Yeah, that too. Oh, I forgot that happened. Even right. Wow. I think everyone did. Yeah. That's when was that? Was that, that was a few year? years ago? That was already a few years back. Missed it, honey. But the best thing about MIB, I, the Men in Black three was. Um, uh, Men in Back Men 3. In back, That's Men a porno. Men in oh. <laughs> No, thank you. Men in Back 3. Awesome. Men in Black, Black 3. Black and Men is what it's called. Was, uh, was Josh Brolin doing his Tommy Lee Jones version. Right. That was good. That was pretty brilliant. Right. But yeah, I didn't think the quality of film was just kind of okay. Like, it wasn't that great. I wonder if it had been better if it would have people would have loved it more. I don't know. If it was better, people would have liked it more. I feel like that's... Well, that's not... That, that, that's, that there's no causality there, unfortunately. I mean, look at, look at the Transformers franchise. Exactly. Well put. Very good example. Dollars, and they've never been good. Oh. I've never seen one of them. What? Never Just saw one kidding. of them. <laughs> I remember I saw the first one that came out, because, you know, I had Transformers when I was a kid. I watched the cartoon, and I was fairly excited about it. And I remember halfway through the movie, sitting there... And John Turturro, who I love normally, is playing this really weird FBI agent character who also is a cross-dresser and all sorts of stuff. And the tone just, like, changes and it gets all strange. I was like, what is going on? It's transformed. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. It got so weird and I was – I just couldn't understand. And they're long. They're, like, three hours long. They should never be that long. And all these people that are watching all the Fast and Furious movies so they can go see the new one. Yeah, should I say you're not going to be able to follow it? You got to get your backstory. Oh, I can't quite remember what <laughs> right. happened in four. Were they furious in that one? Yes. No, no, that was more about the fast. They announced okay, eight. They, fast. <laughs> okay. they announced eight. No, they did. Yeah. yeah, they announced the date, the release date. Which is oh, right. they're, they're awesome. plotting them like My Marvel gosh. movies now, like because yeah. they make so much cash. Yeah, that is so weird to me. Speaking of Marvel movies. Uh-huh. Um, when this comes out, this will have already made, broken every record there is. But uh, the Avengers opened from when we were recording it over night. last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, to twenty six million on Thursday night show starting at seven p.m. <laughs> um, it's probably going to break all sorts of box office records this weekend, and it's already made two hundred. Did you go last night? No, I'm going on Saturday. It's already made like two hundred million overseas and stuff like that, so it's cleaning up. Um, so once again, Marvel's killing it with their franchises, and like that's not it. Like they have another summer movie because Ant Man's coming out right at the end of summer, which looks really fun. Yep. And they they have this brilliant guerrilla marketing campaign that they've been doing in Australia for. They haven't rolled it out here where they're putting up these tiny billboards. That I are love about that. 
foot big and they're oh putting gosh. them that's next so fun. to like bus stops and benches and stuff like don't that. Don't you want right. to be in the room where they think of that? Yeah, and they're like, that's we're doing it. They approve it. Yeah, I love the poster yeah. in and of it. I love the. T- I was at the ArcLight the other night and I saw the poster. I thought it was great. Yeah, so cool. But it's nice they can they can you know piggyback that onto the Avengers movie in case yeah. it you know and they can be more a little they can be risky with it because they're going to make so much money off. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, now they can do anything. If like Guardians was as big as it was, and that's a comic book like no one really read or very few like the general public does not know who rocket raccoon is you know going into it they can roll out all their franchises now and until they oversaturate it and then they have to shrink it back because it's stops that'll be a while though won't it but they pace them out pretty good they do like two a year right so like you don't quite you know miss them they i'm so glad i didn't really grow up with this stuff like (laughs) i feel like in the last 10 years everything has turned into such franchise insanity and I guess it's also different being out here and having friends that are trying to get their projects going mm. and like watching people fight for things that like often the argument is just bankability in a world of franchises. Yep. And it's so sad because I feel like we lose so many ideas and I think of like I have a little boy, he's one years old, and I think of like him growing up and his creative like what he's gonna have to draw from is so sort of like sanitized into these very specific worlds that he's gonna be like hit with hard from the go they just go on and on it's not like a, you know there used to be like a sequel to something right and now it's like no we're never stopping yeah we're never stopping <laughs> and we're rebooting it they're rebooting yeah. Spider-Man again but there's also such a great variety in other places I mean movies have shrunk in a way yeah. that television has obviously expanded tenfold yeah that is true I mean there's so many amazing things happening that also the viewers have more control than they ever have of like something you love can be treated in a precious way and brought back and brought back by people that care as much as you do, which is really awesome. It's a weird right. time because now like there's more outlets than there's ever been because there's 27 million cable stations and streaming and stuff like that too. So even, if you're, number. Yeah, <laughs> even if your film doesn't go to anything theatrical whatsoever, it can still go to iTunes. It can still go to Netflix. It can still go anywhere, you know, and people can find it and you can also make it on your phone. Like there are people shooting films right now on their iPhone. And they yeah. look good. And yeah, yeah. They look really good. It's crazy. So I think I, I, that's – I mean I'm kind of the eternal optimist person and I, I think that that is a problem in, mm-hmm. in movies. But I think that the kids growing up the kids growing up now are going to be able to make movies with such – they're going to have such an amazing language for that's it. Right, that yeah. I think that there's going to be really, really interesting things that we're going to get to watch and new ways to watch them that we probably haven't even really conceived of. So that you know, if the movie business is a bit of a dinosaur, they're going to need to make their tentpole money and that's how those corporations are now built. To make money three months a year, right? Yeah. Maybe some one of those studios will say, you know what, let's start making $30 million movies again and see if we make five of them, if we can make one of them huge, or I don't know. I think it'll change. I don't think it's set in stone. They basically need one of their movies to be the biggest thing of the summer, and then one of their indie films to do an amazing ROI, and then hopefully that makes up for the other thing that they thought was going to be a tentpole thing that cost 200 million and only made a hundred million total worldwide or whatever. And right. Lost all that money. Like that's the crazy, like why even try films that cost 200 plus million to shoot? Cause there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee, but they feel like there's a guarantee when it's a product, when it's a, when it's a, a, a brand that yeah. is proven. Yeah. I mean, because now they're going to, they, you know, they want to make it as close to making widgets as they can hmm. and say, well, this widget costs X and people will pay Y for it. Yeah. And they just want the widget to be the same every single time. And obviously, because you're talking about a creative thing that takes 
thousands of people and millions of dollars to make. It's not going to be that. But they want to try to reduce the variables as much as they can. And they can't. But if, if somebody in a boardroom says, yeah, but if we spend the 250 and we can make $2 billion, a lot of people are going to want to take that risk. So they're Especially doing the math like, on the corners of the paper. <laughs> Marvel, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. They say, oh, oh that, let's do it. Do that great. sounds great. Yeah. Those do great. It's we, not a new idea. It doesn't yeah. have to be a new you idea. Think about like professional poker players, professional gamblers. Like they lose, they'll go to Vegas or whatever and they'll lose $100,000 or something like that. But then they just keep doing it and then all of a sudden they strike it big and it balances out and they make their profits. So like you have to. Yeah. Studios are operating the same way of like knowing they're going to take some hits. Oh, of it's course, just a matter of how much. Yeah, and it's a you know, and you see these studio heads who lose their jobs because they had a bad year, which means six of their ten or seven of their ten projects failed, and then somebody had a great year because six of them succeeded. Yeah, and so many factors going to going to each going to each one to each one of like rolling out a car line. Even that is you know you can't predict. But like poker, like I mean the gambling. Analogy is a good one because a, a poker player would say they're not gam- they're not gamblers. Yeah, because they're it's a, statisticians. It's a calculated, right? They're statisticians. Yeah. yeah, and a corporation would hope would tr- tries to behave like a statistician. Right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy the amount of cash that they roll with there, right? And that they don't make any money technically on paper because they write it all off against the studio costs and you know every every the joke is no movie in Hollywood history is actually ever made a dime on paper that's oh, why yeah. people like have to people sue, sue all yeah. the time yeah. for their points on that's the back. like that's what i remember james garner famously did that um because they said that they made no money on rockford files or whatever and what did they what did he get a lot of it i think he did yeah i don't <laughs> know what the sum was didn't but like, charlie sheen sue for two and a half men and got like 27 million dollars on the back oh my gosh. yeah it's crazy what have you sued thank, for? thank god they're there um i sued for like half the cocaine oh. Charlie Sheen did in the oh good job that's a lot just the cost not oh the okay <laughs> well this is kind of a weird transition but you're involved with the first scripted TV show that Bravo has done yeah and so I was wondering like what kind of conversations were going around about what they wanted to make well I came in after no. that had all gotten uh, you know kind of Figured sorted out. out but the the thing that they settled on which is girlfriend's guide to divorce fit very nicely into their brand, mm-hmm. into their demographic. I mean, it has a kind of what they call aspirational yeah. vibe, meaning it's about upper middle class people mm-hmm. in a beautiful city who wear nice clothes and live in nice homes. And that was one of the draws, um, I think, for Bravo in that, you know, it, it's not like Real Housewives, but you could see how. But it could be on in their house. It could be on in their house. And, and, you know, the nice thing about the show is that it has a, you know, and Marty Knoxon, who created it, kind of always talked about it this way. It has a bit of a Trojan horse yeah. thing about it in that you think you're getting a kind of you go girlfriend mm-hmm. show. And it, it's actually much smarter than that. Um, but one of the attractive things about Bravo to Marty uh, was, and this has borne out, is that they have the most, one of the most affluent and uh, educated demographics as yeah. viewership um, which I was surprised at, at because right. I don't I don't really watch those reality shows yeah. and um, I mean I love those reality Obviously. shows on Bravo yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's really borne out I mean it's a very loyal audience and they are very much mm-hmm. involved in that and I just actually sold a show to Bravo with, oh wow with a um, guy named Adam Brooks who's a writer and director he wrote and directed Definitely Maybe and he, oh awesome he, he's written a 
bunch of stuff, and he directed the pilot of Girlfriend's Guide, and the Universal people had this idea. They pitched it to him. We broke it out and sold it with them to Bravo, um, and it's different than Girlfriend's Guide, and it's not an exact match to their demographic, and so we were a little concerned, and Bravo is really excited now because Girlfriend's Guide and then they have this yeah. other show coming out called Odd Mom Out is more on brand that they can actually take a little bit risks. of a step yeah. you know, towards um, this, which is a, has a little more of a thrillery, a more Leonard vibe. Oh, and, cool. Um, oh, so it's not Bro's Guide to Brovorce? <laughs> th- I'm also developing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Brovorce is a good word. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst word. <laughs> but, you, know, you see how those things bear out. Sometimes they don't. I mean, I've been and I had an, another project somewhere else that will remain nameless where they said, we want, we're changing our brand we want yeah. it to be edgy we want it to be this we want it to be this and a lot of people say that and then they can't they can't actually follow through on it which you understand because they're trying to service an existent demographic yeah everybody says we're amc we want to be like amc when Mad Men started and what they forget is that amc had no programming yeah and we're completely wiping the slate clean and starting over as opposed to a lot of these places want that kind of show but don't want to get rid of what they may already have yeah, and so that becomes a strange mixture. Yeah. Did I answer your question at all? No, no, just um, kidding. Think, you did. I you think totally what we did. were surprised about, and I think Marty would say this. And um, you know, as a writer on the show, I noticed this that they were incredibly well versed. Um, there were a couple of examples where it was a bump, but most of the folks there had never really worked in scripted. They had all worked in reality, and wow. so that was a little you know worrisome. Yeah. And there were some notes initially that came in that were kind of more reality. Would it be more applicable to mm. a reality show? <laughs> um, but once everybody was on the same page, it, it was actually pretty. Seem- it was actually pretty smooth sailing. Well, I, I think that Trojan horse thing is really interesting to hear from the background because I hadn't watched it until um, we knew you were coming on the show, and I was like, I haven't watched much TV in like six months because of. Baby. I don't have a TV. Oh, I, I will watch it when I can, honey. But I haven't binged anything in so long because of time. So I started watching it, and it was so not what I expected. And I know Ed, and I knew it was going to be funny and good, but I feel like I didn't know how heavy the Bravo hand was going to be in it. Right. You know, and it looks it looks I mean, right. Andy Cohen's in every scene. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, Andy makes all those cameos. He plays all the women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's he like, is brilliant, you guys. He's really he's good at really it. Really good. He's like, it's like Orphan Black in Bravo <laughs> with Andy Cohen. Oh, I'd watch that. Big, um, big Andy's house. Big Andy's house. Yikes. There's all these weird scenes over breakfast with like right. one person at a right. time. Um, but I, I thought it, it's so good. It's so funny. And it has like enough of those those things that do keep you kind of hooked into reality shows, which is like the aspirational stuff. And, you know, it's like glammy and a little mm-hmm. escapish. But then the people, like the acting is so good. The characters are all real. The discussions they're having is real. It's, I think it's so good. You know, we, I, I was the pilot was from day one. I knew I was it was going to be good because yeah. of the way that it was shot, and I knew immediately after being on network television for a long time that they were shooting it a little handheld, a little further away, mm-hmm. and they would cross shoot, meaning you know you, they would shoot both actors at once, so you could overlap. Which is great. And for a show like that, if it gets into a, if it is allowed to be naturalistic, it takes some of the stink off yeah. the kind of aspirational stuff. The glossy side of it. stuff, yeah. So it balances nicely. Yeah. If it was all glossy, I think it would be more off putting. Yeah, but you do feel like the people are actually in relationship right. with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and I think that, and you know, that's something that even 10 years ago they wouldn't allow you to do on television. Really? It, no, everything had to be 
close up, close up, close up. Yeah. Every, you know, the only people you see people speak their lines. It's never on someone's back while they're speaking. And it was because, I mean, it's still true on network to a certain degree. Um, there's a few examples uh, where they break that mold, but I think it has to do with the fact that television was so different than film, and that the, it was literally visually so small. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching yeah. on a 16 inch screen. screen. You need to see the person's face to understand what the story is. And the four three most of the time. And the too. four three, so it's not lettered. So you don't. But need... now we have our screens a foot from our face, or they're you know? huge. They're, yeah. huge. they're yeah. cinematic. Yeah. I mean, that's why you you know you couldn't have had Breaking Bad 15 right. years ago, because, which was so cinematic oh, because so it just beautiful. wouldn't have played on televisions. Yeah. So it's nice when shows are willing to do that. I think it just goes for better storytelling. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of great people in it. Anything with C. Thomas Howell, I will watch. Right. And I got to write that role. I got to write that character. Really? Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And I got to hang out with him and just ask him. Did you know that it was like, did you know the casting from the beginning? No, there was... You know, oh I, I wasn't involved. May in Whitman was up, but she, she was up for it, but she, she was right. actually originally Pony Boy. Oh, right. that and makes more sense. Yeah. She wasn't born yet, so they were like, yeah. "Well, that doesn't work. <laughs> we have to build a time machine. We don't have the budget for that." But um, Tommy, whoa, uh, yeah, yeah, that's oh, some yeah. cachet yeah. you Tommy. got now. <laughs> um, I learned all sorts of shit I didn't know about him. He's a really interesting guy. His yeah. father was a Marlboro man. Whoa! His father was a huge. Uh, he was one of the Marble Men, and then he was—he was his father, was a big uh, stunt guy in the movies for years, really? and years and years. So he kind of grew up in the industry, and you know, all those guys of that era—they all grew up together. I mean, they knew each other since they were ten oh years old. Oh my gosh! You know, it's so great. It's really crazy from like story. classic Hollywood. Yeah, oh. it's my dream to trick him to get him on this podcast. So <laughs> it's supposedly a movie that all that like Chris and Sean Penn and. Even like Ben Stiller, like all these kids that grew up in Malibu made together when they were like, oh my gosh, like preteens. No, oh, wow. like there's like a Vietnam movie or something where they were like playing with their dad's cameras and Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, and that whole they, Kiefer Sutherland. It like exists all somewhere like in, there. That's their neighborhood. That's what I, that's what I oh my gosh. What are those? Have you seen the documentary in that apart, those apartments across from Warner Brothers? Oh yeah, where I have. The where the kids of? come? Oakwood. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oakwood. But that's, that's not like the people that grow up there. That's no. those are the people that come. From, yeah. those are the people that come from like Iowa. Like I just grabbed my daughter. It's, We're it's, gonna live um, now. It's it's divorced people that just got divorced. Yeah. Kept women, like literally. Yeah. You know, kept women and um, and some kept men and child actors. It's one of the things we explored in Girlfriend's Guide because my character, they get divorced and he moves into what we call the Paradiso, but which is really like the Oakwood or the, um, there's a Palazzo. There's a Palazzo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was a scandal recently because there were two uh, registered sex offenders living at the Oakwood. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. Um, oh my god! Kicked one out, and then I think they're in the process of trying to kick the other one out. How hard oh would god. you have to try? Just like look out the window at the pool, and you know, just Bye. set up. You're auditioning, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, oh, that's, gross. That. that's so bad. Have you seen that documentary? On the no. Yeah, I have. I think it made me sad. It, 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 it will very do that. Depressing. It will achieve yeah. that very quickly. It's about just kids going to auditions, and yeah, it's a lot of like stage moms that yeah. are like, oh my god, and then a lot of like sad scenes in the apartment. You know, like it's just such a sad. And kids being upset they don't get a role, not because they wanted it, but because they feel they let their mom down or their and dad. And just knowing like, they've got the pressure to, like, yeah. oh, it's well, the pressure to like picking, get their you know, family. Uh, on, on private practice, I, was, I played a pediatrician, so I worked with a lot of kids, obviously. And there were a lot of kids that had, like, you know, they would come out for three months at a time from wherever with one parent while the other parent was home with three other kids. 
I just thought that the, tr- the pressure of that would yeah. be just yeah, tremendous. That's, that's well, crazy. and the amount of like lies, something like that is built on, not that the parents are making, but the idea that you can find out if you could be successful in two months, that if you pay X, Y, and Z for this, then that will start your career. Like It's so sad to think how misinformed people are. And then you see a lot of that in that documentary as well, yeah. like the swindling that goes on oh, with, really? all this, with oh. agents and headshots and yeah. all pay this for, pay for workshops. The, uh, pay for the audition and, workshop. Yeah, and exactly. The, like we'd love to take you on as a client, and we're going to give you a great deal on headshots. You just have to pay us three thousand. Like, oh, oh, brutal. you do the headshots in house. <laughs> it happens, every, it happens everywhere. Uh, I have a niece in Chicago who's interested in you know acting, and, and I don't think it. I think maybe slightly spurned on by watching her uncle and aunt. Yeah, um, but she, you know she's just you know just a teenager, and when she started, that was that's all the stuff that was offered to her. That was it's so like, crazy. You know, you go, it's if nuts. you just open a if you just Google it, the first stuff that comes up is all the stuff. All the scamming stuff. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's pretty awful. <laughs> so you you did bring up private practice. Six seasons mm. I was on Ooh. the air, which is, you know, long for television. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so you've been in Shondaland, as they call it, or whatever, yep. for many a year because yep. you started on Grey's. Well, private was private a was backdoor Grey's. Back, right. Yes. Right. Spin off of that. Yeah, what's it? What's it like being in in Shonda's world? Because like, I mean, I know she's very hands on, um, which a lot of show creators aren't. They like kind of create the stuff and then occasionally check in. She's hands on in the writers room. She's not. She's not an on set person at all. Right. Well, that's good. Um, she's very involved in the obviously in the writing and in the in, in, in post. Um, but she's been great. You know, she's a great um, kind of. Um, What's the word? I mean, she loves to have an acting ensemble, and she loves even has a, has a writing ensemble to a certain degree. A lot of the people have worked on all the shows, and um, I mean, she says it's because she doesn't like new people mm-hmm. in her words. But um, she's like a champion. She's very her. loyal, and she's loyal to people that um, like to work. And and um, I think she, you know, it's a great place. Channel is a great place to live because yeah. it's a very nice community of people and. Um, you know, I've worked on Scandal too, obviously, and um, she really knows how to put together a functioning ensemble of people. Because I think you know there was obviously a lot of dysfunction at Grey's for a while, yeah. And I think she and Betsy Beers, who's her producing partner, reacted to that and said, "Okay, well, we know how to what not to do and what kind of personalities you need to put together." And it's great. You know, my wife is on a Shondaland show, and. Um, it's it's been it's been very nice. She let me direct a couple of privates and that's amazing. Is that the first place? Nice. Did you get any writing involvement there? Or did no, you just get I never wrote um, on any of those. Um, but she's incredibly I don't, loyal. Sounds it's the wrong word. I'm not sure what the right word is, but um, like an ally, like an ally. Yeah, yeah that's a be- that's a yeah. better word for it. She's like a champion. You know, yeah. I mean, she's like a, she champions you, and she. It's nice when people, um, you know, are enthusiastic in that way. Well, and especially somebody that's enthusiastic and loyal and also has built an empire. Like, so successful within that. I I always love hearing stories about people that have power and that are successful and are still very true to, you know, their people that they came up with. Um, And, you know, and I I, I don't – I consider her a friend, but not – I mean, it is a – business right, relationship right, right. like yeah. we do a creative relationship it's not like we have dinner or yeah. text each other you know I mean I see her at read throughs and rap parties right you know and um, I think a lot of the from the outside I think it looks like, oh, I, like, I, I, I'm like everyone they're all clearly hanging out right you know? right 
And it's not it's not really like that, but it, so it is nice to have an ally. Well, you didn't bring her the, today to the show. I what? But you brought her to the show today. Yeah, she's here. Yeah, she's, 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 she's sitting here the whole Chill time. Chill out, Shonda. She's drinking so much red wine. Oh God, just relax. <laughs> Popcorn and wine. <laughs> Careful, Vanessa. She'll write you off this podcast. Oh, you know, no. A, the loyalty aspect of it, um, I mean, there is a story. It's an, it, uh, do you know the Grey's story? No. Mm-hmm. I was cast on Grey's in the pilot. Oh. And um, I was doing a, a movie at the time, Be Cool. With the sequel the, to uh, yeah, Get Shorty, yes, you know? yeah. the 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 ill-conceived sequel to Get Shorty, which is like one of my favorite movies, and um, the dates changed, and I had already started the movie, and it became a conflict. The pilot, and it became a whole kerfuffle, and it basically ended up having to not do the pilot. Which was, you know, I can't even tell you how crushing. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm was. getting like then, anxiety just yeah, hearing that story. Work, and then I didn't work for like ten months. Oh gosh, know? yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then I got, I got prison break, and I went off to do that. And then, um, private started, and they called me and asked me to have a meeting with her. And I don't even know if she, I don't even, rem- I didn't even think she remembered me. Um, but she did, and you know, and she didn't hold it against me, and she ended up putting me on the show that kind of oh. changed, you know, my life in a way. Yeah. And it was a really good... Who were you in the pilot? Burke. Whoa. As it was Isaiah Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, who knows what it would have happened. You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's just one of those Hollywood things, but I mean, it was... Wow, that's so strange. Uh, you know, and good credit, a lot of credit goes to her, Shauna and Betsy, and Linda Lowy, who's the casting director, who... Saw you again, and you know, and how I knew from Chicago. She's involved in Steppenwolf. Oh wow! She's married to Jeff Perry, who's one of the founders, and I knew her when I was a kid act, acting there. But you know, I don't know if how intentional it was, but it felt like a move of loyalty. It felt yeah. like we're giving you another shot, kind of thing. And you took it. And your work on Scandal is so good. Oh my Thank gosh! You. You're uh, one of the. I mean, I guess a lot of actors now are getting more chance, but you do get to have a lot of range in the different kind of projects you're on. Just so such a blessing. I mean, yeah, it's that's awesome. The, that's the. That's the thing that I just... That's my favorite part. It's, I mean, that's an actor's dream, yeah. you know, to get to be an actor and to get to change characters. And it's yeah. so cool to get to see you do that. And, like, you can do different styles. I don't know. It feels it feels nice as an outsider to get to see someone's range. And, you know, when I got the Scandal script, I I didn't... I was like, I... She'd never seen me do anything like that. Yeah. I don't know what, what made her think of me or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I... And, and so that was... Such an like an, a move of an ally, which is like have fun, right? Go mm-hmm. go do it. And I That's started so doing cool. it, and I kept turning to the director and being like, "Really? Is this, is this really yeah. a little extreme?" <laughs> going pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Me and Kate Burton, who played the vice president, yeah. we turn, they get cut, and we go, "Are you, are you sure?" <laughs> We love that. I okay. feel like that's how what it show feel after what every show we scene on? of Scandal. What show are we on? Are we, can we on the same show as them? Because that's really one of the great... I mean, it, that, that, that's been the closest to... Uh, other than maybe a couple of films that I've done that felt like being on... Kind of doing theater again. Yeah. It feels yeah. so heightened. Um, you know, it's like being in a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Kind of, uh, like a, you know, palace politics, palace uh-huh. intrigue type Do thing. they talk about it like that inside it? Because that feels really... Perfect. Well, you know, you always are trying to ground it. Yeah. So you don't yeah. want to say, this is really over the top. Right. But, um, yeah, I think certain... And also, if you're doing the, the romantic stuff, as m- many of them have mm-hmm. to do more than I did, certainly, I think that's probably... It's harder to pitch it at that level. Yeah. And I also think that what's one of the nice things about that show is that 
she plays with those levels. Yeah. Like the, you know, the politics stuff is really heightened, and the other stuff is more is more grounded. And then there's still comedy within it, which is nice. right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I laugh. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's like everyone's like, you're hilarious on scale. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. The other thing about these Shonda shows is like, me. when people make exits, they make exits. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, it ain't, it ain't subtle. It ain't, yeah. hey, I've been transferred to Chicago. No, <laughs> yeah, like no that's, they, they, buried, they threw my wife in the Potomac. They yep. killed her in, in the Potomac. <laughs> There's so a certain romance. Yes. <laughs> certain finality. Yeah, certain exactly. finality to it. <laughs> I mean, just like the whole like way they killed off like T.R. Knight on Grey's. Like, there's if you did, you did. There's no coming back. Yeah, no, yeah. like that staff, that poor staff. <laughs> what they've been well, through. on private. I mean, on private practice, it was like let's see, one of them died. Um, the character who played my wife was brutally beaten and raped. Amy Brenneman's character had a baby cut out of her. <laughs> Another one lost a baby in childbirth. Tim Daly's character died on the side of the road. Um, I mean, it's just like carnage amongst. Oh my gosh! These are the, things like, that the like, doctors, like in real life, maybe one of those things would happen. Right. That's like Oz. They would say about <laughs> Oz, like all that stuff happens in prison. It just doesn't all happen at the at same once, day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, at least it makes for a very interesting television. That's oh, right. Yeah. I'll tell you that uh, when you did Prison Break, yeah, were you, were you surprised by the like, how much? It took off because it took off pretty strong out of the gates. People really loved it. It was it was just very very exciting. Um, I was you know we were, we shot the first season in Chicago and it was on the air relatively quickly, so it was almost it was kind of a you know nose to the grindstone thing. And then when you looked up, it was like oh wow this show is you know Wentworth Wentworth was on the cover of magazines. Yeah, and, um, it was a bit of a rocket ship, but it was it was exciting. Um, I loved doing that show. There's talk of a reboot. Not oh of a, really? Not of a reboot of a What's it called? Like, what did they do with 24? Uh, just like, like limited, limited series. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which is so great that they can do that kind of stuff now because, you know, why not? People still have... Like, you, you can hold out hope now that shows that you love that have ended that maybe they haven't really ended. They've ended right. for yeah. now. Like, there's part of me that hopes five years from now Justified is going to do a limited series. Right. Or well, and, like, the appetite is right and the way that they can be released is it doesn't have to come back for, like, another season. You can do, right. like, a beautifully made small amount that satisfies right. people, which is, like... So nice, especially when those shows you love like get kind of taken from you, right? And, and everyone's and it wouldn't go on. You know, you don't want to watch maybe a hundred more episodes yeah. of Prison Break, but ten or yeah. twelve could be really satisfying. That would be and awesome. Also, you know, Just give us eight more hours of Deadwood. I would right. be happy. Oh yeah, you I know. know. Most of those actors are busy, but I'm sure they'd come back and work <laughs> a couple weeks on it. You know, <sighs> such a big ensemble, and especially because everybody that ever talks about working on that show. I had the time of their life. Oh, I love that show yeah, so much. Yeah, so good. I heard some crazy stories about how it ended, though. I guess they said they weren't... I don't know. I mean, Melch is probably a bit of a wild card. Yeah, well, they, at first... Yeah, it ended weird. Like, they were going to do, like, a two-hour movie to, mm-hmm. like, kind of wrap some things up, and then it didn't happen, and so it just kind of ends. Like It just kind of ends. Yeah, it just fizzled. Which is, which is weird, because most shows, like, that have had a bit of a run, right. they will at least say, like, all right, you get, you get six more, or you get three more to wrap it up, or, like, something. So at least, like, the people that have stuck with the show get some sort of closure, because it's kind of shitty, because mo- a lot of those other shows that are serialized don't take off now because people are scared to commit because they don't think they're going to be around. Oh, that's you think? 
I think so a lot. I think I think mm. they kind of they fixed a lot of that. I've with, been hurt too many times. <laughs> they, they fixed a I lot of think. that with binge viewing, where they can like release thirteen. So yeah, you at least have thirteen or whatever. Right. Yeah. But the ones that are like week to week on network, I think like remember Alcatraz came out. People had pretty high hopes for that, and just no one really got on board. But you get four or five episodes in, and all of a sudden it's yanked. And you're like, all right, well, great, thank you. I'm glad I wasted <laughs> thanks for nothing five hours of you laying the groundwork <laughs> for stuff that would have been fun, mm. but now I don't get that. Right. So I think people are scared to commit to things that are serialized and don't just kind of come off. Well, there's also so many things to binge. Yes. That I did. What did I just see that is it NBC that's releasing an entire show at once in the in a binge model? Oh, I didn't know that. Networks are starting to do really. It. Yeah. That's interesting. They want the eyeballs. So they'll do it on their site or whatever? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. That's crazy. That's, like, I don't know what the game is going to look like. Talking about the game changing, I have no idea. Like, that should have occurred to me. Of course networks would do that. But when you said that, I never thought about it. Right, because it doesn't, it just just changes the the revenue model so drastically. Yeah, And what's hard about, like, things that get dumped on you, 13 hours worth or whatever, is, like, if people are really into it and they binge it and they watch it right away, like it's like you're 13 weeks behind on water cooler. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least then it's like, oh, I didn't see Sunday's episode. Right. Give yeah. me a day. I'll catch up or whatever. Right. Now it's like, I don't have 13 hours right now. <laughs> I want to, I got but I don't. Stuff going on at home, man. I know. I was, I, you know, I got, I got hooked into Bloodline, and I just didn't have time to watch it. I was like three episodes in. My wife sprinted ahead, and I had to, I had to get caught up. And Mad Men was coming back on, and yeah. the, all the Sunday shows were coming Veep, and all the. Oh, it was really it was really hard, you guys. <laughs> it was really really hard. Did you guys watch Bloodline? Podcast, probably. Uh, I have watched the first episode. Okay, I haven't started yet. Um, right now, we're powering through Daredevil, and then we'll okay. probably get back to to Bloodline because Daredevil appeals to me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Bloodline, like I love all the actors, but I'm like, oh, there's so much dysfunction. I have a hard time watching dysfunction, and it's laconic. You know, it is a yeah. slow yeah. unrolling. But when you get to episode about six or seven, that momentum, it, kicks in. it just it's. I think it's great. I love Ben Mendelsohn. I always like after Animal Kingdom. I was a huge fan of him because yeah. mm-hmm. he's creepy as hell and so good. So good. And Linda, we she would do like maybe our tenth episode of the yeah. podcast. Like I've known her for a while. She's fantastic. She's like, just, everybody's she's good. Such a great actor. Yeah, it's such a good. They're all great. Actor. There's not a weak link on that show. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll get to it. <laughs> so much content. Just I think I'm going to do through. Wolf Hall next. Oh, I've heard that's good. Mm-hmm. What is that about? It's about. Uh, Henry VIII and Thomas Cromwell, oh. based on those books that were kind of historical fiction books. It's, uh, I was imagining Mark a Rylance private and, school of wolves. Yeah. Mark <laughs> it's, it's also it's that, also it's that. that. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, it's about wolf. It's Academy yeah. for Wolves. Academy for Wolves. <laughs> uh, it's Rylance and um, Taylor Lautner. So, <laughs> and Taylor Lautner. Poor Taylor Lautner. And, um, and what's his name? Uh, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rylance is amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen him on stage. I have. Like, he's mesmerizing. Did you see Jerusalem? I didn't. I wanted to. I saw Boing Boing, uh, which he was hilarious. Like, star studded. No one knew who he was at the time, but it was so funny. I've ne- I, I saw Jerusalem. I've never, ever seen anything like that in person on stage. I've never wow. seen that. It's incredible. Output of. Energy and, and skill and control at the same time. It was astounding. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, let's do firsts. Okay. This podcast, a different first from life. Uh, what was the first major U.S. landmark you can remember taking a trip to, like when you were a kid or whatever? Oh, I guess the Sears Tower because I lived in Chicago. Does that, that count? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember going? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Tall, right? Very, very tall. Wow. <laughs> I remember just knowing that people had died building it. That was weird. That was a big focal point. Oh. I think it got it. I, I think it was completed while I after I was born. I oh, really? Completed early seventies. How did people die building it? Falling? 
Oh yeah. no. It's crazy. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, for you people at home, I was pointing up and then pointing at the ground, like fall, fall to their fall, death. Yeah. Fall, fall, people he fell signed. To their death. Well, you've seen like photos of like people working on skyscrapers where they're like having lunch and those that BS. Oh yeah. You know, like I can't imagine that you was know. like if you have any fear of heights whatsoever, you wouldn't go into that one. Yeah. Um, I remember going to Niagara Falls Ooh. and it was very exciting. But then once we got there. I didn't really love it. <laughs> I'm just going to say, it was a lot of water. Well, you know people died making the falls. <laughs> I knew, my, I remember, it was funny you said that, though, because I was thinking about, I was obsessed Barrels. with the barrel stuff. I know. Yeah. Um, do, do people really, is that a true thing? I guess it Probably, is, yeah. yeah. People did, and they died, so I remember thinking about that a lot. And that I just, it was so cold, and there was so much spray. Yeah, I'd imagine, like, getting to just, like, I was getting married? so young. Uh, Were you getting married there as a n- child? No, 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 no. But I could have. It would have been. A, I was the thinnest do. I've ever yeah. been. <laughs> I was six. I was six. I was so slight. Um, yeah, but that was my first one, and it was. I remember I got Tintin, the um, cartoon. I got like comic books in the gift store of Tintin for some reason. I should have gotten something Niagara Falls. That's more, that's, that's where you go to Niagara Falls. Yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, I heard yeah. they got Tintin the Tintin hub. to get some Hervé graphic novels. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me it was probably like when I was in ninth grade. My parents did one of those month long let's drive across the country oh, yeah. and back things. So we drove to Michigan and back from California because um, we moved out there. And so I definitely we definitely we swung up for like Yellowstone all the way over to Michigan, then back down to the Grand Canyon or whatever. The one that really stands out to me, I guess technically like Yellowstone would have been first, but was uh, uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because um, it's not, not that big. Like completely you, disappointing. Yeah, Agreed. you get there and you're like, Where really? Oh, the, oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it must be impressive if you're up against it. Yeah. But from it, from where you view it, it's pretty disappointing. Actually, the thing that made That's the so biggest silly. impression on me was Wall Drug. Do you know about that thing? Sure. I Where the hell is Wall is. Drug? Where the heck is Wall Drug? All those things. Yeah. So Wall Drug is like 200 to 300 miles on either side of it when you're driving on the freeway. Every mile or two, there's a sign that says, oh. visit historic Wall Drug. Where's Wall Drug? You got to stop just 127 <laughs> miles ahead, just 120 miles ahead, mm-hmm. just 150, like constant, right? And so when you get there, you can't not stop. <laughs> You know? But it's, is it just like a tourist trap with like tchotchkes? Kind of. It's like a Cracker Barrel in a sense. Like, yes. Oh. It, but it's <laughs> like, it's got like a Disneyland sized parking lot because everybody stops. So weird. You can't not stop. They poured like so many thousands of dollars into their billboard budget. And it's crazy. It's like they those signs, I guess, originated like in the 30s or something. They've been there forever. Obviously, they update them periodically. But like, still, like it's it was an amazing tactic. Probably an expensive one at the time. But they're like, just you watch, and it works. Well, I, there was something like that in Myrtle Beach too. Like, or driving to Myrtle Beach, it's like south of the border. You're almost there, and all these so many billboards that you get like hyped on the drive. Yeah. Like, what is south of the border? And it's like, so like these buildings like shaped like a toad with. Tchotchkes in it. I mean, I've definitely seen a few things like that. Like in Michigan, like in Frankenmuth, they have like Bronner's, which is like a Christmas superstore that's huge. And so the, you'll see a handful of billboards for that that are like the Christmas superstore Bronner's Christmas year round or whatever. But the, but the wall drug thing is like, what's the snake that eats its own tail? It's, it's Euroboros or whatever it's called. Yeah. It, because it, you see all these ad, you see them on cars where the heck is wall drug and all that stuff mm-hmm. and people go to wall drug just to buy wall drug shit yep. like there is yeah. nothing to do in wall drug wall drug except buy shit about wall drug about it yeah there's like That's so you weird know, it's like it's got like a like a pharmacy and like a restaurant and then oh it's a town 
No, no, it's it's a it's like, an entity. It's like a Walmart in a sense, yeah. or a Kroger, oh. but like, I mean, it's not like a Walmart, but it's 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 a little older school than that. But it's just like a giant. But isn't weird. it supposed to be like a old timey uh, drugstore, yeah. general store? It's kind like a general kind of, store yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's the best way to describe. I'm it. I'm gonna stop snorking into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Snork away. But yeah, wall drug was definitely the thing for me. Wall drug. Oh, no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> you can um, edit those out, right? You oh, yeah, filter. yeah. We'll go in. We'll yeah. this not filter. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's right. called it's the tissue. Um, all right, well, let's do a build a movie. Okay, great. We do these sometimes in the podcast. Okay. Uh, the, between the three of us, we're going to build a movie. Um, you can no May, what's your name? No, no not in we, my room. We can cast her originally. Okay. But then she'll have to be replaced. I've right. got a few bikini models. That's right. But uh, we, it can be whatever we want as far as casting goes, living or dead. There's no budget constraints. And we keep adding characters and plot points to it. And since you're a big fan uh, of the Cleveland Browns. Yes, thank you. We are going to build the best football comedy a la Major League, but about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> they are a football comedy, but okay. Great. <laughs> So that's that's what we're gonna do. Okay. Um, I can't start. You, I know, you, I'm very really out of my league. You really can't start it. Uh, all right. So let's start it. Obviously, it takes place in Cleveland because it's about the Browns. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. a fictitious Brown squad. It's right. not anybody who currently plays on the Browns. Okay. Great. Or any of that. Um, so let's say let's do the old standby of like the owner dies and uh, it's up. Let's say it's up for sale because the person <gasps> who the who inherits it doesn't want it because it's the Cleveland Browns. Right. So he puts it up for sale. And it's bought by, let's say, an eccentric millionaire. Yes, uh, the person that maybe the person that uh, invented Vitamix because Vitamix is in Cleveland is too. It, is yeah, it? yeah. Okay. So the Vitamix okay. Empire is like Vitamix Empire buys it. <laughs> okay, all right. So the Vitamix. maybe they're the bad guys. Maybe the Vitamix oh, guys that's are the good. bad yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. They're the big evil yeah. corporation drinking like smoothies that. all day. And the the bad guy is played by um, Christopher Maloney. Okay, sure. Yeah, well I can I see like that. that. Yeah, good casting. Yeah, eating. Having biceps and slurping yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. Vitamix. Okay. And almost every other scene of him is on a treadmill on a, on a phone call telling them what to do next. But he okay. always has a smoothie in his hand. Yeah, He's so always drinking a smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. Always drinking a smoothie. Yeah. All right. So he bought, that's the first part of it. Right. Okay. Right, right. And then Louis C.K. can be the schlubby guy who ends up with the Browns but doesn't oh. know anything about sports. Oh, that's great. Okay. But he's a good guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be the he's good like guy. He's like our everyman. Yeah, he's our everyman. Okay. Our everyman owner guy. So he's a single father. Right. And he has. Uh, one daughter that she's actually she's only 11 but she's a big sports fan and right. she's That's like good. she's kind of behind the scenes like helping him make the calls and there's a lot of cute scenes I'll, of like I'll her educating kid him from Moneyball or Icebox from Little Giants yes yes yes, yes. But she's explaining got, him how football works yeah they've yeah. got like uh-huh. a whiteboard in their house and she's always like drawing in pictures and he's uh-huh. like rolling his eyes eating cookies uh-huh. <laughs> come on dad get your head in the game right um, and that's played by baby Mae Whitman back in time okay awesome Seven-year-old right. Mae Whitman. She would kill that role. She's playing an 11-year-old. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I, I think, like it. I think uh, old-school J.J. Walker needs to be the kind of irreverent wide receiver Ooh. who won't play by the rules, but you know he's the hot shot guy. Yeah. And, and they've got to try to rein him in. <laughs> nice. I like it. So the, uh, there's there's like a quarterback kerfuffle. There's right. like the starter, but he's like a total egomaniac. Everybody hates him. Um and so, but so, but there's like the the guy, the, but Louis C.K. hates him too, and he really likes the kid that's been like riding the pine for a couple seasons. He uh-huh. just wants he reminds a shot. me of himself. Just him wants a himself. shot, right? Uh-huh. So um, the hot shot quarterback, like that could be a Channing Tatum type, I think. I think. Right. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So he's he's the hot shot, and then the the kid on the back, and he has a blonde mohawk, a bleach blonde mohawk. Right. Okay. I like that. <laughs> and the uh, the kid on the bench that just wants to start is. Um, 
hard to not want to use one of the kids from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I was trying to go back to older football movies, but like a young... Like Rudy? Even like, I, I want like a young <laughs> Elliot Gould. I want like a total like, goof, like curly-haired goofball type. That's an exciting choice. How about like Tom Everett Scott when, oh, he, there was, you go. when he was doing that thing you do? That thing like, you do, era Tom like, Oh, that's Scott, great. When he was like the young yeah. Tom Hanks. There you go. That Tom Everett Scott. Yes. He wants to do that. That's great. He that's great. That. Um, there's a love interest. <laughs> She, yeah, he needs a love. He needs a love interest. She runs, and she's got to be. She's got to be Christopher Maloney's sister, or daughter. Or oh yeah, maybe it's his daughter, cousin, right? Because um, that is really horrible for him, right? And she comes to the stadium all the time because she loves wiring the electric scoreboard. Oh, cute! <laughs> is it Anna Chlumsky? Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She's great. Yeah. All right, we got the 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 framework is all there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and of course, the uh, the Vitamix guy is, has told them that if they don't at least make the playoffs, the entire roster is going to be cut, and he's going to relocate the team someplace. Just right? I'll they're going to come the Vi- they're going to be come the Cleveland Vitamixes. Oh, oh yeah, and he's, he's, he's got the logo and everything. And he's bought a lot of Russian athletes that are ready right. to be. <laughs> and he's a lot of Russian football players are the Vitamixes. Right. Oh, you know the Browns famously don't have cheerleaders. That's oh, right. is that true? Yes. Uh huh. Very progressive. I'm glad I didn't pitch a cheerleading thing. Well, no, yeah. but it's good for the Vitamix. Yeah, the Vitamix is go. finally get their time so to shine. They got to make the playoffs in order to keep the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Browns. Right. Okay, keep them there. So that's the big thing. And do they do it? Uh, they probably well, they probably do. Yeah. But it comes down to you know in the in the in the third act we got to play that last game. And, yeah. And, and oh, and there's a glitch with the scoreboard. And Worse. like at the most scary moment, they can't see what the call was. Like they right. hear the call being made, but nobody can see in the stadium right. because the scoreboard's oh, no. freaking out. And then Anna, like, she gets a kiss blown to her from the what's it called? The stage. The, yeah. yeah, the stage. The field. The, the football stage. The curtain goes up. And she fixes it, and the and then it flashes, and everyone loves it. And then fourth quarter. Right. Oh, no. So around the second act, Tom Everett Scott has gotten his chance and he's played well. And then uh, Channing Tatum does something like kind of Tanya Harding's him. Oh, right? yeah. Like, has a galuli come in and kick him in the shin or whatever. And then Channing Tatum's going to get all the glory. But in the game, he's got to get hurt. And then Tom Everett Scott has to limp in and lead the team down the field. You for know the last how he gets play. hurt? How? He was making a smoothie. At halftime, he cut his finger. He cut his finger. <laughs> Something got stuck in there. Is there a, is there a fatal there. flaw in the Vitamix? <laughs> yeah. That they're gonna expose, so the whole company's actually super <gasps> dangerous. Oh, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna actually. And cr- then he crash loses his thing, but through something. His thing. Like uh, his penis? company. Oh. No, no, no. Not, not in the Vitamix. I don't know. What kind of comedy are we doing? Because if it's a funny R-rated comedy, maybe Chris Pelloni gets his penis chopped off in a Vitamix. In a Vitamix, and then right. somebody else is like pouring it. Right. <laughs> At the doctor, they're like, wow, this is a drink. smooth. Tatum has to drink it on the sideline. That's what happens. And I think we're going to call the thing, not mm-hmm. down and out, but brown and out. Uh-oh. Oh, that's another like, horrible brown porn. Brown out? Yeah, brown, out, brown. brown and out. Brown and out in Cleveland? Yuck. Um, but good job. Okay, these are my questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. Ugh. I met the Olsen, Olsen twins makeup artist. Any of the good goss? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Do they use bass? Yeah. <laughs> they are a little oily at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, okay. No, nope, never been an Olsen twin. Feel, feel, now I feel uh, 
Now you got Less something than, to live no, for. Just so you know, she's asked it every. This is episode okay. 178. Yep. She's asked it every episode. How many people have met? What's the percentage? Uh, I would say maybe out of 178, maybe like 20 people have met them. Yeah. And then a handful more than that. Probably more like that, that amount. Yeah, that amount again. Have seen them. Oh, okay. Somewhere. Been like at a party oh, where they I are. See, or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Um, very interesting they're stuff. Not, I've they're not. They're not visible to the human eye, though, right? They're no, so no, small. no. They disappear in a right. puff of smoke, no, no, and you have to be paying close like attention. Oh. Yeah. So you got to put a oh, viewer okay. in front. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! What right, was right, that? Right. Um, okay. If you only had to act in the style of either style and pace of either scandal, private practice, or prison break, what do you choose for the rest of your career? Like as audition. Uh, <laughs> wow. I guess private practice because within that it was varied. Yeah. Good answer. Okay. And they want to know you like music. Um, if you could tour with any band currently still performing, what band would you to choose? To play with or to play in, like, it, as a of part or? of their band? As a part of their band? Yeah. That's rough. Oh, wow. It's a tougher question than who would you like to support? <laughs> um. Oh my goodness! I mean, I could like go on tour, to, like play in the Pixies for a little bit. Ooh, that's a great answer. Yeah, sure. yeah. go play in the Pixies. Very good answer. Kim Deal keeps um. dropping out. You can do it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to be practical. Go, practical. Hala, hala, hala. It's beautiful. Hala. Thank you. You're ready. <laughs> I saw them like when they were reforming. Their their one of their warm up gigs before they did Coachella was in Davis, and my mom like mm-hmm. worked there for many years, so I got first crack of those tickets. So I went to that, and it was it was fun. Like they. Totally, they screwed up Wave of Mutilation. They started nice. playing, they screwed it up, and then they were going to ditch it. They, and then everybody, of course, went, no, you're going to play this, and they started it over. I was like, I don't often hear that. When I saw them, they played it twice. Not really? They, they played the, the UK They played surf. the regular version, and they played the slow, kind oh, of the cool. slow version. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I look forward to seeing you guys on tour. Thanks, <laughs> You've angered a wizard. Would you rather spend... He's giving you an option between two punishments. Would you rather spend one year in jail or ten years working in the White House? <laughs> is it these 10 years is it these next 10 years it's these next 10 years working in the white house in what capacity uh, am i like the, is it like the butler or am i like josh a, on the west wing you don't have a lot of power oh um but you are jail uh, <laughs> <laughs> one year just knock it out just knock it out get a lot of reading done hopefully <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard from most ex-prisoners i got caught <laughs> I got up so on the books. much reading done. <laughs> <laughs> um and this is the last question would you rather refilm Bedazzled or bedazzle all your pants that you wear ever? I'd rather refilm Bedazzled. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. Darn it, I was hoping for some flash. <laughs> I would be a terrible bedazzler. I, I think you shouldn't doubt yourself. I'd be terrible at it. You just have to put dazzles on things. But you have to use a machine, right? I mean, it's like a little gun. Yeah, it would not be uneven. It would be a nightmare. I'd lose <laughs> patience and half my pants would be... Only half of his pants are dazzling. Right. The other half is really ordinary. Blue. Sparkle everywhere you walk. Yep. Oh, well... It's only sparkling. You chose the wrong option, but it's fine. You got four out of five correct. Okay. <laughs> are we scoring these now? Yeah. These are opinion-based It's like, questions. wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Mm. You made it all the way through, Paul. You did it. Thank you uh, so much. You have a band. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I do. Doris. Doris, yeah. Uh, you guys, where, how often do you play? Uh, we've only played once in the last eight months or so because of uh, shooting out of town and stuff, and then the guys go on uh, various tours with bands that they're in. But we played at the Mint a couple weeks ago, and um, we were supposed to play it with them in a week, but we're going to, one of us, I'm going to, me. 
<laughs> what a journey. What just happened? <laughs> you guys with me on that? Uh, I have to go out of town, so oh. that's not happening. So hopefully uh, we'll play in Vancouver over the summer. And oh, then cool. We'll hopefully we'll play again in the fall here. And you guys have a website? We do. Uh, is Dorismusic.net. Okay. And uh, Facebook page and everything. And you have a Twitter, personally. I do, uh, at Adelstein Paul. Perfect. We're on there as well. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here, Paul. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.